When I read, it's mostly biographies. I've always been fascinated by people's stories, their choices, and their experiences. I suppose that's why I found a career in contributing to publications like Forbes, The Hollywood Reporter, and Euronews, or rather, this career found me. I just simply enjoy continuing my fascination of people's stories by interviewing them and getting to the soul of the matter. Like what led them to start that business, what inspired them to become a designer, or how did they choose this or that? I don't keep up this podcast as often as I should, but when I do, the conversations and topics and people are enriching and inspiring. And usually these podcast episodes are coming from already published interviews for the publications that I write for. So pull up a seat, grab a coffee or green tea and learn something about this person's story in life that maybe you can apply to your own life. This is The Soulful Side of Life with Ali Porti. This interview was done in February 2021, two months before Albert Albaz died. He was an inspiring man, and I actually met him in January 2020 when he was honored at an event by Parsons School of Design in Paris. There are three designers in fashion that are so incredibly humble and down to earth that I've ever met, and that's Pierre Paolo from Valentino, Paul Smith with his own brand, and the late Albert Albaz. When completing his conscription service in Israel, Albaz went to design school at the same time, and in 1985 he left Israel for New York City with only $800 in his pocket, money that his mom had given him because she truly believed in his desire and his talent to design. He worked for Jeffrey Bean, Guy LaRouche, was creative director for Yves Saint Laurent and Lavant. He took some time off from fashion after Lavant to grow, heal, and travel. And then he came back in 2019 and started his own brand, AZ Factory, a Richemont-backed brand. He was always thinking about how to make women's lives easier. So he created things like zippers with long fabric that helps a woman aids her in zipping up her dress. And then in April 2019, it was announced he died. I remember a friend WhatsApped me and as I woke up that Sunday morning, looking at my messages with sleep still in my eyes, my heart sank. When I think about it now, my heart skips a beat because it's truly hard to believe he's gone and he was a delight and inspiration to so many people. So enjoy this interview, my interview with fashion designer Albert Albaz. Five years that I was not working. Yeah. I did uh, master classes and 
then I did a lot of judging and, you know, judging all these projects. And after like a year or two of judging, I decided that I don't want to judge anymore. Mm. And thought that it's uh, not that it was too difficult, but I thought that I don't have the right tool to judge with because what is beautiful today is not beautiful tomorrow. What is beautiful here is maybe not beautiful there. And you know, we're not lawyers that we have books with laws, what's right and wrong. Yeah. We are stuck with white page, blank page every day. And um, I call, told the people that asked me to come, I said, if you want me, I mean, instead of coming and judging, I won't do that anymore, but I will come a month before and I will help the student when I can still help. So I'm not here to judge. I'm here to help and not because I know better, but because I will bring an outsider perspective. And you know what? I enjoyed it so much more than wearing sunglasses and pretend you're a judge. Yeah. That you and you work with different students and you, you know, I always said that this could be like the best reality show because there are tears and laughs and fashion and students and dreams everything is there so if i do things with school now is yeah. that you know when i started work i said that once a week i will study mm -hmm. to learn once a week i will learn i will teach and one night a week i will work in a hospital wow. but i i am too hypochondriac so i only the studying on Zoom, I didn't teach yet, and I didn't start working in the hospital. So I wait for pandemic to pass a little so I can really fulfill my dream. Oh, that's amazing. You're such a humble person. Um, just in when I met you in Paris that night, it just uh, it comes off of you. It's so palpable how humble you are and how much you want to give back. Um, it says a lot about your character. You see, uh, Alison, how the world is round. I mean, imagine if I met you at Parson and I was a bitch. Yeah. You're killing me in the article and how much easier it is when you're nicer to people. Yeah, it's so much more easier that you don't mind helping them. And yeah, it, it's it no reason, you know, I think that somehow I feel, you know, we all start the day opening our phone and I mean, mostly everything is negative. I mean, there is nothing that is actually good news. Yeah. It's a problem, it's a fight, it's... it's An explosion. Health, it's economy, it's, it's really like, really, really hard. And I think, you know, there was a time I thought, who needs fashion? That's why I left fashion. Yeah. And I Maybe at a time like this, we need fashion more than ever. Yeah. And we have to do it a little different. So it's not about fantasy and dream of runway and, and, and all these things that we used to do, but to start to listen more to women and their need and yeah. what they're about. And you see, we decided not to do a runway show, but we did the film. And I worked with, I had few um, companies, production companies, and I chose the one that had four women mm -hmm. that are running 
company and I decided to work with them because I knew that this project I have to do with women. And when we started the first day or two, I saw that they, they were taking more photos of the women, the faces, not the clothes. And I understood later that, you know, they're coming from the film world. I'm coming from fashion. So I want them to show everything, but they were showing women. And I understood there is a change in the world. And I said, maybe this film is not about clothes, it's about women. Mm -hmm. And this is happening in my head. And then I said, you know what? In that case, let them talk. Let all the women that are in the film speak so we can hear the, the voice of women. So it's not just about taking photos of women, like the seductive women, the sexy women, but women with a voice, women with a voice. And it was a very fun um, way to do your inaugural collection launch, um, like a news broadcast, which I really enjoyed. And I, I do want to ask you questions about that. But shall Go we ahead. start? Shall we start? You mind if I drink water? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Okay, so before uh, I get into your new brand, uh, my first question is. What was your aha moment when you knew that you wanted to tell stories through fashion design that would help women um, have a, you know, become a better version of themselves? First of all, I'm always inspired more by stories than my images or vintage. Okay. I mean, I love vintage clothes, but every time I look at it, I get a bit depressed because it's so amazing and I know that I won't be able to make it as good. Mm. So, and I, I always get more inspired by an abstract idea, by a story, by, by words. That's why I, I always love doing interviews, to be honest, because it's the way that I translate the color into a word. And, so for me, the whole, the whole project is, and I said it, I think, in the film that we're not doing capsules, but we're doing stories. And I think that when I have a story, it's much easier for me to produce because without a story, I don't have the fuel that takes my imagination go forward. So that is that story. Now, why to make women be a better version of them. You know, that's line that I first heard from Meryl Streep when she presented me an award. And she said that evening um, that I actually never wanted to transform her, but to make her a better version of her. Mm -hmm. And I first thought, you know what, I never wanted to transform women, that's for sure, because I like women as they are. And sometimes when they tell me, oh, let's make a makeover, I'm like, but if I do a makeover, we have to change the brain. Because I'm thinking about all these shows, you know, of makeover, that one sudden you become a different person. But yet after the show, you go home to your same family, but you're no longer the same person. Yeah. And I really think that there are a lot of divorce cases after those shows because you don't fit one of a sudden the, the life that you have. So I never wanted to transform. 
and even to make women a better version of them today when I think about it, I don't have to make women a better version. They are what they are. Mm -hmm. And I can just be a talking mirror and to sit here, use a mirror, see what's good for you. L look at your body, look at yourself. What will make you feel comfortable? And you know, one of the reasons that I did this black story was because of Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. And I saw this movie Becoming. Yeah. The serial Netflix, it was, I think. Yes, it was. And first of all, I love the word becoming. Because she was always the wife of, and she had to give up a little bit her career in order to be where she was. And then she came and she was doing the movie then Becoming. I saw her with these nothing sleeveless dresses and I thought, God, how chic. And I thought maybe, especially now during pandemic, when I'm not seeing all the fashion week with pink hats and leopard skirts, you know, like and changing seven days, seven times a week, I see all my people like with a sweater, with a shirt. And these are the moment, this is the moment, these are the women, this is the need. And for me, it was about designing with zero ego. So mm -hmm. it was not about a need to show how creative I am, but for me, it was to show what I can do for women and how can I design a bit differently. And trust me, it was so hard to make a three hole sleeveless dress because it was too nothing. Mm. It took me a year to create the fabric, the material that is actually hugging you. Yeah. And that message, a dress that hugs you. And therefore I said, I have a zipper that you can zip on your own. So you can say, hi, I don't need that. It's amazing. And then you wear the dress and it hugs you in some part of the body. And I released the tension on some other part. And it was also important for me to, to unveil all the technology and the factories and not to hide everything so nobody will copy. But I said, I want to share this information with people because today we're living in a moment that you want that information. And you see in my team, I have a lady that is 76 years old that I hired. She was retired, but I love the way she thought. And she told me she thinks it's a big mistake to unveil all this information because you have to create a mystery with secret. Mm -hmm. I thought the world changed. And today you don't buy a perfume because there is this actress that is on the cover of, of this company. You buy perfume because it's good for you, for your body, for your lifestyle, for, for yourself. Yeah. And this is a different way of thinking. And it doesn't mean, Alison, that maybe in like two stories, I will want to do something totally crazy. But I allow myself saying, that I don't want to do collections and to say summer, winter, spring, because I, I wear the same clothes all year round, but I want to do different stories that are around women. And you see, I asked one time this guy that I interview, what makes a video 
becoming viral. Mm -hmm. He said, you have to stream and you have to laugh at people. Mm -hmm. And I never like to laugh at people. I like to laugh with people. Yeah. See, so. I see, yeah. It's you were, your idea is to create pieces that already just bring out the best in a woman that's already there, enhance and just highlight. I don't want to steal the faces of women. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to, you know, Chanel said it even better than me. And she said that to tell, to say to a woman that her dresses is beautiful is definitely not a compliment. Mm. Because then you see just the dress. Yeah. And when yeah. the woman behind. Yeah, which is very, it's a great way to think about it. I'm not sure if a lot of designers have that kind of mindset. I, I don't know, but I was thinking also that I've done some interviews and there is such a different way that I interview now with women journalists, mm -hmm. the journalists because the men journalists are tougher on me. They're asking much tougher question and women journalists after a few minutes, they become just women. And they ask the question of women and not question of a journalist and critiques. And why did you do that? And how was that? But it's more about where we are in this world. And yeah. that's what makes it easy on one end to me, but also more difficult because I was a bit less of a designer and I had to be a bit of an anthropologue mm -hmm. and to try to understand the women and to say, what is it that they need and how can I elevate their need? Yeah which is a very, a very nice way to think about your work. How did your time at Guy Larouche and L'Enfant prepare you for AZ Factory? It's um, everything we do in life, you know, prepare you to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Scars are important also. You know, Alison? Yes. Scars, I think, and I, boy, I went through a lot, as you know, but it makes you stronger if they don't kill you. And I know it's a cliche to say. But it's true. Um, it is. I mean, when you go through moment, you go through situation, and not everything is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you have no red phone to use if you need something. Mm -hmm. So you have to do it on your own. Yeah. And uh, I think that it's really interesting. You know, I saw last night a movie. I don't remember the name of the movie, but it was with Glenn Close and Amy Adams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. On Netflix. Oh. Um, I can't think of the name. It's I, the, I, Where's the Oscar? I, they need Oscars. <laughs> they are amazing performances. You know what? I was crying. I saw it last night and I was with Alex and he said that would be a nice uh, movie for a Sunday night. So we ordered pizza and we watched the movie. And you know what? I was 
crying, but you know what this, what it was? There was a tear that never came out, and these are the worst. Because when you cry and tears come out, better after. But that was a movie that for two hours, I had a tear that didn't come out. And the story was about this kid that is living with like a crazy mother. I mean, violent mother, but how good he became. You know, I had like goosebumps. And I thought about different people that I know that grew up with Mrs. Perfect and a perfect family, and they got to be fucked up as well sometimes. And there are people that grew in difficult places, but the difficulties make them becoming even a better person. Yeah. And it was a true story because that boy went to Yale to learn to be a lawyer. Yeah, it's amazing. And that oh, last yeah. scene where his mom was in the hotel bathroom and she was oh. to use again. Tried and to put he the tells her, I love you, but I have to go back to my interview now. Like I have to move oh. on. <laughs> Hillbilly Elegy, that's the name of it, Hillbilly Elegy, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. And Glenn Close, if she doesn't get the Oscar for I that, I mean, you know how difficult it is to transform. I mean, I didn't even think of her as Glenn Close. That's how amazing she was. And also Amy Adams. Yes, I agree. Mm. I don't even need to know what other movies are in the category for, I don't know, but leading actress. Or, but just give it to Glenn Close and give it to Amy Adams. All the other movies, they're great too. But At least to Glenn Close because she did so many movies and she always lost for Meryl Streep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. This is I think she... Yeah. I know. It was an amazing moment. It was an amazing moment. Okay, my next question. Um, how did you come to name your brand, uh, AZ Factory, and why didn't you choose to just name it Albert Elbeth? I needed a change. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid that if I will call it Albert Elbaz, it will be an extension of what I had done. Okay. And will be expecting me to continue from the place I stopped. Mm -hmm. And before I... I took my name, Albert Elbaz, and it was A and Z. Mm -hmm. And I felt very symbolic to start from A again and to move to B and to C and to D. And um, so that was the symbolism of Albert Elbaz, A-Z. I could also call it like A-E, but then it would be like Albert Einstein, which also not bad. And, <laughs> The factory came because, you know, we as a as designer, we used to be couturier, we became designers, then creative director. And today we are also producers. We have to produce. And if we produce, I better do it in factories. And I like factories. I like the humbleness in factories. I like the fact that everybody's looking at you in eye level. There are no uh, hierarchy, there are no you know, there is something simple and humble and truthful in factory. So I thought factory is good, it's good. Factory has always inspired me. Okay. I mean, there's about the humbleness, yeah.
Um, you've equated your or an atelier to a laboratory and people don't often think that creating collections to like in the likeness of a science lab, how is creating this Couture SS21 collection like being in a laboratory? You know, on one hand, we are a factory and on the other hand, we are a laboratory and it's already like a con contradiction mm. to go in a laboratory that all you need is time you know, to create. And before it's even done, you have to make it generic. You know, it's like all this laboratory that invent medi medication. So there is a time that you have to take in order to find the solutions and the answers and the research. And then we have to produce it. So I realized that I cannot do many projects that are around like technology. So some of them will be about ecology, some of them will be about a story, some of them will be about, you know, em emotional or meaningful, and some will remain technology. But, um, you know, I was asking myself before we present, because we were supposed to do the presentation in September, but I wasn't ready okay. because of pandemic. So we thought January and then it was Couture Week. And I was questioning if I belong there because I'm not, I didn't do a couture collection. And then I thought about what does couture stand for? And couture is not only red carpet. It's not only 50,000 hours of embroidery. Couture is about experiment. The essence of couture was about experiment in the atelier and create individual look. So women that came to the couture house wanted to be unique. They didn't want to have the same piece like everyone else. And I thought that if couture stand for experiment and individuality, I shouldn't be ashamed to be presenting that week. And I called the Federation of Couture and I asked them, I asked if they will host me. And they were so proud and happy. And you know, also as a startup, Alison, everybody expect you to be like a disruptor. And I wanted to show respect to the industry and to show during the industry time. I see, wow. And that's, it was a really unique collection. I, and I love that 20 minute video. Um, how would you describe the collection? Um, you know, we showed for the first time and the last time we showed three different stories together. In the future, we will show one story at a time. And this was also because, you know, I did a lot of observation and I saw that sometimes there are so many items and it comes so fast that actually women are confused. They go to stores that are like seven floors and there is so much merchandise and so many logos and so many campaigns that then if they need something, they are not sure what is it that they want. And in order to make it easier on women, I said I will do one story at a time and I will be a curator and a creator. So I will curate and instead of doing a collection of black dresses, I did 11 black dresses. And then I did them also in white and red. And then they said to me, Albert, you know, those colors are not really photographing well. So I did it also in multicolor. So they can look good on Instagram. But it's the same process. Yeah. Yeah, which is 
I'm not embarrassed to say why did I do it on multicolor? Because they said it's not going to be photogenic because mm -hmm. just an ivory dress or a black dress, it looks boring on the camera. And I said, but you know what? We're not only dressing for the photo, right? We're dressing also for life. And what else do you need more than a black dress? And today I tell people, when they tell me, Albert, but are they fancy? And I said, wear that black dress with a black legging and, and beautiful sneakers. And you see that that black dress is becoming your new t-shirt. Mm -hmm. yeah. Elongated. You know, uh, Ava Cavalli said something interesting to me because she's a gift. I love Ava Cavalli. Yeah, she's amazing. And she said um, a lot of male designers create like really sexy dresses because they think that's what women want to show off, you know, their female body parts. But she said, I'm a woman. I know what women want. And you as a, a male designer, you really created a collection that's practical for women that is also you know, enhancing the beauty of the woman that's already there, but you weren't going for trying to show off her female parts. You were creating something that's going to be used in real life, everyday life, and that's practical, which, yeah. You know, I, I, always, I always remember that even in my previous jobs, I never did like over transparent or like, huge decollete, I never did it. I think that maybe me as an overweight designer, mm -hmm. I'm a little more respectful to the body. Mm -hmm. But some after the show, I remember that a lot of the reaction was, God, they were so sexy. And I think that to be sexy is an attitude and it doesn't come from showing your body parts, but it comes from showing an attitude of being assertive, yeah. of being respectful. That for me, sexy yeah i agree and then you went and you celebrated with mcdonald's was that purposeful or <laughs> just how it happened you know what uh allison it was such a long month mm. because we started the film like the 15 or 16 of december and we finished on uh um we had to present like the the 20s 20 something but we had to finish the film like really like two weeks before. Mm -hmm. So we were doing it during Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And I cannot tell you how difficult it was to find models, to find agents that are not on vacation. I mean, with COVID tests, we had to do like a whole thing of like sending nurses to everybody's home two days before, the morning of. That's why we also had in, in the beginning of the film, every, everybody was tested for COVID. I mean, I'm the biggest hypochondriac. I will not go to the test. And I thought that the model were heroin by the fact they didn't wear a mask. Yeah. I was with a mask, they didn't. And in the end of the day, they were stronger than me. You see, I was a chicken. <laughs> so. Yeah. It was very hard and then we finished here and I had the press conference and they asked me, Albert, what would you like for dinner? And I said, just McDonald's. I needed this comfort food. Yeah. I was not in the mood for like a steamed vegetable dinner. I was really, 
thing. And I was proud of it because I put it on Instagram. Yes, and when I saw it, I just laughed. <laughs> and some people said, Alberia should eat healthier food. And I said, I know, I know. But you know what? We live many days, but we die one time. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to celebrate. Yeah, and why not have good comfort foods? Um, you're so humble. Where does this come from? I don't really see this in designers. Of course, there's a lot of kind, creative designers, but it's like you take it a step further that you're humble. And yeah. You know what? I always say that people always need definition who they are. And you know what, Alison? It's not about young and old and skinny and not or beautiful or not or rich and poor. It's about people who grew with love yeah. and people who grew with no love. And when you grow with love around you, that's what you project. That's why I was so like touched by the movie last night. Mm. Because he grew with so little love in his life. He turned to be something else. And that was amazing for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a powerful example. Yeah, I agree. took time off from fashion to regroup, rethink, and to fall back in love with fashion. What did you learn in your time off about life? About that boredom is an amazing and an important element and essential for creativity. Mm -hmm. That will suggest to every creative to take some time off in order to go back to themselves, to meet themselves, and I think that it's like a seed of a flower. In order to grow and to flourish, you have to be put deep, deep, deep mm -hmm. down dark. And that's where I was. But this was the moment that everything was so difficult that I had to think of newness and innovation and beauty. And that's where I was doing what I was doing. Okay. Um, fashion uh, is going through a lot of changes. I would say it was, it's been going through changes even before COVID. But where, where do you think fashion is going to go when the world gets back to some hint of normalcy? I think I have a really easy answer as, as I feel. You know, after the Spanish flu and World War One, mm. we had Paris, those years that we call them Les Années Folles, which is the crazy years. And it's in Montparnasse, it's exactly where I work, it's in this area. Yeah. And when we even talk about this year, it was the crazy years, you know, of the can-can and the dance and the parties. I have to be honest, I think that the first month after pandemic, I know for myself I'll be living in an airplane <laughs> and I have to go and have a little bit of parties, but I think it's going to different years. It's going to smart years. And even those crazy years that we refer as crazy, in the end of the day, 
they were smart years because it's about Hemingway's coming to Paris. It was Charlie Chaplin. Mm -hmm. It was Finn Baker coming to Europe. Yeah. It was about Jean Cocteau. It was about the creation of jazz, mm -hmm. which is music that you play with no notes. Yeah. You play with intuition and you play together. It's a dialogue. It's not a monologue. Mm -hmm. And it's a smartest music because you have to use your intuition. So if you ask me, Alison, the smart ears. The smart ears. That's a great way to put it. Thank you, Alison. Of course. Have a wonderful evening. No, go have McDonald's tonight. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> it was so okay. nice talking to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode and that you have found a soulful connection to the conversation. God bless you, and until the next episode, go bless somebody else.